Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Wheel of Time Spoilers Podcast. Your hosts are Seth Jacobson and Patrick Heiler. Chapter 35, Steading Sofu, and our symbol is the Great Tree. I don't think we've seen this one yet, have we? Not one that's got full leaves on it. We've seen like one that's bare branches as they head into the blight. And I think we've seen the blight tree that's like bent over. Yeah. But this is the, and all of them are so similar. They have that moon behind them. Yeah. And they're just different stages of It's the bloom. blighted tree, a dead tree, and the Great Tree. I interpret this as the great tree because we see one in this in this chapter. Um, so this is the setting right near Kyrian, sort of in the mountains, the the spine of the world, sort of like nest. If you look at the map, it's kind of like nestled in the foothills. Yeah, of- I picture it as kind of east of Kyrian. It's like in between. So it's yeah, I th- I figure it's nestled in the mountains up there somewhere or like possibly on the Ranland side, but we know the Aiel come here to trade, and we see that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to be sort of almost a border town between the Waste and mm-hmm. Kyrian. And yeah, you're right, Aradia. It's only a short ride because they get to Steading Sofu in less than a day. There are 12 along the spine. I wish there was a rough estimate of the Ogier population, because I just have no idea. I mean, I figure there's way more humans, but yeah, I've seen a few images of the steadings. There's a lot of abandoned steadings. Awful lot of abandoned steadings. Oh, Shangtai is from the south. It's also in the mountains, but it's closer to Mayin. Bambi's saying 41 inhabited inhabited steadings in Ranland. And we know there's a bunch more that aren't inhabited. All right, I'm going to start this. The river hills on which... The city of Kyrian stood, gave way to flatter lands and forests when Rand and the others had ridden half a day, the Shinarans still with their armor on the pack horses. There were no roads where they went, only a scattering of cart tracks, and few farms or villages. Varen pressed for speed, and Inktar, grumbling constantly that they were letting themselves be tricked, that Fane would never have told them where he was really going, yet grumbling at the same time about riding in the opposite direction from Toman Head as if part of him believed that Tome and Head were not months away, except by the way they took. So I was thinking about the sort of conflicting nature of what's going on in Ingtar's head. I was thinking that possibly compulsion is for, like forcing him to go after the horn, and that's why he's having trouble walking in the opposite direction, even though he knows that's the shortest route. Because we sort of talked about how you may have this compulsion that is forcing him to seek it. Almost certainly. I think we've seen enough evidence of him acting erratically, especially as a generally level-headed, you know, educated and highly trained person. He shouldn't be like losing his temper and 
freaking out like this. That's very un Shinaran of him. He's he's very conflicted, and it may be that it's just an internal conflict, but it could also be one side of that internal conflict could be actually an external compulsion to seek the horn no matter what. Yeah, I think that's right. Kind of like Fane's compulsion to seek out Rand. Totally. Well, when Fane was Fane. Before he was Mordeth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read a little more because I like this little scene. Ran rode with grim determination, avoiding conversation with Farron. He had this thing to do, this duty, Ingtar would have called it, and then he could be free of Aes Sedai once and for all. Just like a thing that we um, see over and over. Yeah, no chance in hell. Perrin seemed to share something of his mood, staring straight ahead at nothing as they rode. Perrin asks Loyal some questions about the steading. He asks if wolves can go there. I assume that Perrin is thinking about the last time he was in a steading, which was when he killed the White Cloaks. Yeah. So I assume he's sort of brooding about the killing of the White Cloaks. Loyal explains that only creatures of the shadow were reluctant to enter a steading. And I said I. But the Ogier himself appeared the most reluctant of all to go to Steading Sofu. Well, he he doesn't want to be pinned as a runaway. Yeah, he knows that if he speaks to the elders and they find out that he left his Steading without his elders' permission, he will be not just sent back. They won't, they won't just tell him to go back. They probably won't say anything to him. They'll contact the other elders and those elders will send people to go get him they'll send his mother to go get him. that's <laughs> just even worse than everyone's worried about murdral and death and murder and danger and loyal he's worried about his mother <laughs> and and end, ending up married yeah. <laughs> which we see a lot of through this chapter we'll be able to talk about that some more and we get to meet his wife here his future wife yeah she's hanging out studying sofu she has beautiful eyebrows. The sun stood high on the second day when Varen suddenly sat up straight in her saddle and looked around. Beside her, Ingtar gave a start. And I just thought it was interesting to note that it happens to everyone, even non-channelers, feel the, the, they feel it like a bucket of water hitting you, I think Rand explains it as. It's like passing through this barrier where you feel a sense of peace. I always think that the steading are pieces of another reality that have somehow been inserted into our world. In my head canon, the Book of Translation took a chunk of Ranland and swapped it out with whatever land the Ogier are from. And then during the breaking, that one location got broken up into lots of di different places. But that was sort of one chunk of land that existed. And that feeling that they get when they pass through it is actually the feeling of being in a different world, a different place where peace and violence are very different. As he followed them, he suddenly felt a chill pass through him, as though he had leaped into a waterwood pond in winter. It flashed through him and was gone, leaving behind a feeling of refreshment. And there was a dull and distant sense of loss, too, though he could not imagine of what, which is, of course, his loss of contact with Sidene. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine what. I, really? Like, you were just talking about how channelers lose the one power when they enter the steading. Loyal was literally just telling you about that. Uno curses, of course. Does that even have to be included in there? It's not pretty really. much assumed that she's cur he's cursing. Loyal took a deep 
slow breath and let it out. It feels good to be back in a steading. They walk on a bit. Then an ogier stepped out from behind an oak. And Aerith. Rand describes her. Or we get a description for man's perspective, I should say. Aerith, daughter of Eva, daughter of Alar. She's a pretty significant tertiary character later in the series. We see her a bunch later. Yeah, she hangs out. She actually fights in a battle where she takes the shears, the long-handled shears down from the wall. Yeah. It's her and Loyal's mother and Elder Haman and Loyal all get in a battle. When does that happen? Book 11? In Tear. Is that in Tear? The lodge that they're like hiding out at outside of Tear, I mean. Elgarin? Lord Elgarin? Is that right? I guess manor. with all the traveling that happens at that point and they're like in a manor, I'm like, I don't really know where this manor is. It's a manor in the wilderness. I don't really. Yeah, yeah totally. It's the death gates and the the red threads and the. Uh, when Ran loses control of his yeah. body yeah. Or, or he loses control of his channeling. mind. Lewis Theron takes control of channeling. Rand loses it, still has control of his body. Yeah. But Lewis Theron can't control the hands. Give me my hands. <laughs> Knife of Dreams, Chapter 19. Nice. Way to go, Mackenzie. Totally see Loyal, who was just freaking out about being married off, crush hardcore on Aerith, who steps out. Yeah. I, I noticed this happens right after Aerith introduces herself, and um, she's like, whoa, all these people are here suddenly. And she says, because there's Aiel there now, which she doesn't mention yet, but... Why? We even had some of the traveling people, though, of course, they left when the, oh, I talk too much, and she Mm. goes on. But what happened was there were traveling people hanging out and studying Sofu, and the Vardaris Mai showed up, a handful of them, and the traveling people left. Yeah. Because the two broken parts of the Aiel people don't like each other. Yeah, it's like a broken family. They avoid each other. Also, Loyal and Aerith, two... Aerith being like, I talk too much. Perfect match for Loyal. <laughs> I also noticed that Aerith says, I said, I, you have so many men with you and armed. Could you please leave some of them outside? Forgive me, but it's always unsettling to have so very many armed humans in the steading at once. And probably part of the reason she's saying that is because there are already three armed humans in the steading. And that becomes a confrontation. Yeah. Ingtar gave orders to Uno, and so it was that he and Hurin were the only Shinarans to follow Aerith deeper into the steading. So just winnowing down the uh, the group, you know, leaving all the nameless Shinarans behind, so we just have the named characters going into the center of the steading. Perrin's asking Loyal a lot of questions about the steading, and Loyal offhandedly mentions the longing. This is a good information dump about sort of the history of the Ogier the wandering that happened after the breaking and how that affected uh, the Ogier here in Ranland. And I thought this was interesting that Loyal says after the longing started happening, more died than lived. When we finally began to find the steading again, one at a time, in the years of the covenant of the Ten Nations, it seemed we had defeated the longing at last, but it had changed us, put seeds in us. Now, if an Ogier is outside too long, the longing comes again. He begins to weaken, and he dies if he does not return. I thought that was significant because it appears that, for instance, the Ogier from the Shanshan continent, first of all, fight, and second of all, don't appear to have the same effects of the longing or the culture that surrounds steadings. They never lost the steading. 
or they either never lost it or they didn't whatever happened here where he says it puts seeds in us so now they the longing is a thing that happens to the ogier on this continent um as we see later because of the way the breaking happened it either wasn't as significant on that continent which makes sense because you know most male channelers were probably in Randland, and so that would make sense that that was where the breaking was most significant. And so the Ogier over in Shan Chan were able to find the setting faster, find the setting faster, and and not lose it for as long. Yeah, if they lost it at all. And then, of course, the blight is different over in Shan Chan as well because they use the portal stone creatures to pretty much wipe it out. Yeah, and they don't have Shale Ghoul. Sean Chan really seems to have benefited from not being at the central of uh, central eye of the war of power. Yeah. And certainly the Ogier on that continent, which is funny that they become the, uh, the Sean Chan warriors in our head canon, at least the boar where shale ghoul is now was the boar. And that's the only place that didn't move because it's not really a part of the land. So the boar stays still while the land moves. Right. But, you know, of course, Shale Ghoul is totally different than it was. It used to be a paradise. And now it's a yeah hellhole tainted place that seeps taint. So, you know, the, the blight would be there if there were Trollocs in it or not. Like, I don't think the Trollocs affect the land around them. No, I agree. Well, a lot of the creatures in the blight are, however, shadow spawn that were created as artificial constructs yeah. by Agenor. Like the worms. So the companion says Ogier and Sean Chan cannot carry weapons outside of the steading, except for those who are seekers, you know, basically in the army, the Death Watch Guard. Who are the personal property of the em- em- Empress? Was that right? Uh, only the humans. Oh, the Ogier are not owned? The Ogier are not owned. That's right. I remember seeing that somewhere. But they're also like the fiercest possible warriors. I mean, we see that when we see them just like take down... Trollocs like they're nothing. Loyal broke a Trollocs neck. And he's a not a great warrior no. inexperienced young Ogier. The Gardeners. Thank you. That's the name of the... I uh, love that they're called the Gardeners. Oh, isn't it great? <laughs> the name of military unit. <laughs> they prune the enemy. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to note that Loyal mentions an Ogier named Dalar that spent 10 years among the sea folk without ever seeing a steading, and she came safely home. So it takes quite a while for that longing to set in. Yeah, but I think later Elder Haman mentions three Ogier that spent far less time out, like five to seven years, and so they were vary. severely affected. Hmm. So it depends a lot on who you are, and you know, I assume visiting helps. Just like with the taint and going insane and going mad varies from person to person. It seems like the longing can come overcome different Ogier at different rates. And then we pretty much have our intro to what a steading looks like. Yeah, it's a beautiful sort of forest. She walks in, there's music, yeah. and it's kind of this idyllic place. And there are Ogier singing a chorus. I liked this part. Almost at the same moment, he realized that the huge shape he was seeing through the trees was itself a tree with a ridged, buttressed trunk that must have been twenty paces thick. Gaping, he followed it up with his eyes, up through the forest canopy, to branches spreading like the top of a gigantic mushroom a good hundred paces above the ground, and beyond it were taller still. So this is there's several great trees here. Have you been to the Redwoods? Yeah. Down, that's what I always picture. 
is the great redwoods down in the really old ones. Yeah, I saw a cool thing once when I was a little kid. A redwood had I was going going through the forest with my family, and a redwood had fallen across a road, and the rangers just cut a hole in it, mm-hmm. and you just drove through the because it's easier. Than, so, and then on, <laughs> on either side of the road are these like gigantic cross sections of the redwood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, easier than trying to remove the thing; <laughs> just cut a hole in it. You kind of have to. Is it? Did it have a? Was you could walk on top, on top of it, yeah. Oh, that's cool. People like carved into it and stuff, so you could get up on top. But you drove your car up to. I think we were going to see the the General Sherman tree, the biggest tree, or the oldest one. I forget. But I love big trees like that. I mean, they're just amazing, and it's a shame that we've destroyed the vast majority of them in this country. We don't really have any old growth. But he's saying that some of these trees are three thousand years old. He says they were seedlings during the Age of Legends, even though few survived the breaking. And as they're walking through to be led to the place where they're going to wait for the to speak with the elders, I notice that, so I'm skipping ahead a bit here, but a handful of the Ogier, women and girls for the most part, did seem to take special notice of Loyal, staring straight ahead, ears twitching more wildly the further they went. He's cute for an Ogier. I think so. I think he's... You know, there aren't a lot of Ogier, so the fact that there is an eligible bachelor walking through, but also Loyal explains a bit later that that's a a thing that Ogier do. So, like, when you're a marriageable age, you go to different setting and just, like, hang out and meet people so you can eventually meet your spouse. It's like a meet and greet. So I'm wondering if some of the some of these Ogier women are thinking, like, oh, that's what he's doing. Like, he's here... From a, from a pretty far away setting to for the purpose that Ogier do that. <laughs> I, I would think his mother would be with him if that's the reason he was there, though. I mean, you can't you can't let a, a young boy out on his own without a woman there to watch him, either his <laughs> wife or his mother. Oh, and you know, Aerith knows who he is. She has heard of him, but she doesn't ha- make that connection right away. Isn't There's a moment in a bit, isn't there, where she's like, we have two talented tree singers here, which is like, impressive usually there's zero or one she says studying shangtai is a very talented one we have two yes (laughs) but she doesn't she's kind of oh she doesn't that the ogier in front of her is the one i thought she was like tongue-in-cheek like oh studying shangtai is a talented one i think she's Mm. just (laughs) randomly happens to admire loyal oh she's accidentally mentioning him in front of him exactly but she doesn't she's never met him totally that's what i think I have more description to read. Ran was startled to see an ogier apparently walking up out of the ground, out of one of the grassy, wildflower-covered mounds that lay scattered all among the trees here. Then he saw windows in the mounds, and an ogier woman standing at one apparently rolling a pie crust, and realized he was looking at ogier houses. The window frames were stone, but they not only seemed natural formations, they appeared to have been sculpted by wind and water over generations. The great trees with their massive trunks spreading roots as thick as horses, needed a great deal of room between them. But several grew right right in the town. Dirt ramps took the pathways over the roots. In fact, aside from the pathways, the only way to tell the town from forest at a glance was a large open space in the center of the town, around what could only be the stump of one of the great trees, nearly a hundred paces across. Its surface was polished as smooth as any floor and there were steps built into it at several places. 
Rand was imagining how tall the tree had been when Aerith spoke loudly enough for them to all hear. It's like having an outdoor dance floor. So this is one of the great stump that we hear about. Mm-hmm. It's like a gathering place. Is this the great stump or is it – does every steading have its own great stump? Is the great stump like – I want to say analogous. Does that mean like all many of the elders get together on one of the great stumps and have an important – make an important decision or is this the great stump? Is the great stump like the house of Congress? I think maybe like the hall of servants or something like that. Sure. In any case, we know that these are used for important functions as an outdoor – meeting place and yeah i always picture this is sort of like a the hobbit hole in nature yes a little bit like if if hobbits lived in a forest i want to live if you could get internet in this place i would totally (laughs) live here it sounds really great the great stump meeting is held at shanghai okay so this this is the great stump the great stump and Aerith, Aerith says here come our other guests three human women came walking around the side of the huge stump the youngest was carrying a wooden bowl. Aiel, Ingtar said, maidens of the spear. As well, I did leave Masima with the others. Yet, he stepped away from Varen and Aerith and reached over his shoulder to loosen his sword in its scabbard. Rian studied the Aiel with an uneasy curiosity. They were what too many people had tried to tell him he was. He goes on to say that two of the women are mature, he describes them as, so older women. And there's one very young one. I'm in my 30s. Rand's like 20. When he says a mature woman, he's talking about someone younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, his mature, when I, he says mature women, I think he's often talking about someone in their like early 30s. I guess so. He says the other a little more than a girl. He goes on to describe what Aiel looked like, but Aiel looked like Rand, so I'll skip that over. Rand describes even like Nynaeve as an older, mature woman, and she's like 25. Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah. The youngest one amongst them shouts, Shinarans, and turn to set the bowl carefully down behind her. She has a sung, She's carrying a sungwood bowl. I assume it's full of water, which is why she sets it down so carefully. Oh. Because she wouldn't want to spill it. I didn't even think of that. I just thought sungwood is precious. But she doesn't. it doesn't say that it's a sungwood bowl. So even when threatened with her life, be careful not to spill, spill a drop. Yeah. She says Shinarans, and then I imagine she slowly turns around and places it gently on the ground, while the other two quickly lifted brown cloths from around their shoulders, wrapping them around their heads instead. The older women were raising black veils across their faces, hiding everything but their eyes, and the youngest straightened to imitate them. Crouching low, they advanced at a deliberate pace, shields held forward, with their their clusters of spears, except for the one each woman held ready with her other hand. Attack mode. The Aiel are raising their veils. You've got a bunch of Shinarans who are used to fighting Aiel, or at least fought them in the war. Yeah. Not a good situation. They're both pretty aggressive martial people, so it's yeah. unsurprising that when they in particular see each other, they're both ready for a fight. Aerith says you must not. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that Matt is the one who's like, nope, not not going to engage. I'm not going to fight women. Rand realized the Heronmark blade was in his hands. Perrin had his axe half out of the loop at his belt and was hesitating, shaking his head. Matt says, they may be a heel, but they're women. I'm not going to fight them. You'll get over that, buddy. Matt is the first of them to kill a woman. In the waste with the, the dark friend. Yep. That sleeps with them first. Yep. 
And then he puts a dagger right in her chest and he like wants to take it back. But it's like once it leaves its hand, his hand, it's too late. Yeah. I also wanted to note that Varen just yells at them. And when I first read that, my instinct is like she's going to was to expect her to do something, but she can't do anything inside of a steading. Varen is just a middle aged woman oh. surrounded by soldiers. What's she going to do? Yeah. She can't physically stop them in a steading. The chat room is yelling at me. Rand kills a woman in the caravan. Oh, on their way out. On their way out. Sleep. In the Dragon Reborn. Is Matt sleeping with the maiden, with the Fardaris Mai, after Ruidian? Or before? Yes. After. After? Because he's got the Ashendari. Oh, right. That's a strange spear you carry, Matram Cawthon. Yep. I apologize for saying Matt was the first one to kill a woman. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, Rand is clearly the one who does that. Oh, but she doesn't get on the list because he doesn't have her name. Stop this. I'm immediately, Farron demanded. The, the, the Aiel never broke stride, and the Aes Sedai clenched her fists in frustration. Matt moved back to put a foot in a stirrup. I'm leaving. <laughs> you hear me? I'm not staying here to let them stick those things in me, and I'm not going to shoot a woman. That's Matt. Get the heck away from a fa- fight. Avoid it if you can. The pact, Loyal was shouting. Remember the pact. The Randlanders don't know anything about what the pact is. Varen um, might. I mean, I feel like just the the pact of nonviolence. I guess I only wanted to point this out for one silly reason. Rand tries to seek the void to get Sidene, and of course it's not there. But my copy of the book says, nervously, he sought the void, and it came. And the distant thought floated outside it that it was only the void. The glow of Sidar was not there. Really? Yeah. Mine says Sidene. No, it's probably just a typo. So that's definitely a typo <laughs> in that version of the book. Abruptly, Enogir strode in between the two groups, his narrow beard quivering. What is the meaning of this? Put up your weapons. He sounded scandalized. For you, his glare took in Ingtar, Hurin, Rand, and Perrin, and did not spare Matt for all his empty hands. There is some excuse. But for you, he rounded on the Aiel women, who had stopped their advance. Have you forgotten the pact? The women uncovered their heads and faces so hastily, it seemed they were trying to pretend they had never been covered. Forgive us, tree brother. We remember the pact, and we would not have bared steel. Which is interesting that Loyal calls the green man a tree brother as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that tree brother comes from back when they used to sing. It must have something together. to do with the Vendasora. Because then the, one of the older Aiel women says, but we're in the land of tree killers where every hand is against us. Why do you think uh, they stopped fighting when this dude told them to remember the pack? He's old. Is that it? He has a beard. Yeah. He's a bearded Ogier. Dude's probably like 300 years old or something. Because everyone else is shouting about the pact and they ignore them. And then this guy walks in and is like, remember the pack? And they're like, oh, oops, sorry. He steps between them. But I think when, it, yeah, when Aerith and Loyal are both yelling, they don't do anything, but Aerith, and loyal are young Ogier. So maybe they don't have the same amount of respect in their eyes. Maybe. So the Aiel, you know, I'm surprised they don't say I have toe. Yeah. I mean, they didn't kill anything. Is that the pact? What is the pact? Just no violence? No violence. We get another, this is Varen's second interaction with the Aiel where she wants to ask them more information. Yeah. So, but they're standing around and they start to notice Rand. And seem to be getting pretty angry at him. The groups are standing at each other. 
they're standing across the way from each other and staring at each other. Rand in particular received increasingly ang- angry looks. He heard the youngest woman mutter, He's wearing a sword, in tones of mingled horror and contempt. Then the three were leaving, stopping to retrieve the wooden bowl and looking over their shoulders at Rand. There's that bowl of water again. But yeah, so I imagine they, I mean, they see him, he looks 100% Aiel, and he's wearing a sword. Yeah. And they're horrified to see someone who is Aiel, or looks Aiel, to be wearing a sword. And they're not part of the group that's been sent to look for he who comes with the dawn. Uh, I think they are, actually. Perrin yeah. notices that later on. He's They claim to be there for Sungwood, but Perrin's like, they're not there for Sungwood. They're there looking for you, Rand. That's what I thought when I first read it, that they stare at Rand in particular because they're like, he fits the description, but they leave because they're so disgusted by the fact that he touched a sword. Uh, I don't know if they make the connection. Yeah. That he is he who comes with the dawn. I don't, I don't think, I think they just see someone who looks Aiel wearing a sword. Because I think if they thought he was he who comes with the dawn, that's what they're there for. They wouldn't just like walk away from him, even if he was wearing a sword. Maidens of the spear, Inktar muttered. I never thought they'd stop once they veiled their faces. Certainly not for a few words. He looked at Rand and his two friends. You should see a charge by red shields or stone dogs. As easy to stop as an avalanche. Oh, he'll see a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> he'll probably command a few. <laughs> They would not break the pact once it was recalled to them, Aerith said, smiling. They came for Sung Wood. A note of pride entered her voice. We have two tree singers in Steading Sofu. They are rare now. I have heard that Steading Shangtai has a young tree singer who is very talented, but we have two. Loyal blushed. But she did not appear to notice. Yeah. So I really, I don't, I think she's just commenting casually about tree singers and loyal just has a bit of a reputation he's the talented tree singer from studying shanghai totally <laughs> that's what i thought bambi i thought it was low-key flirting there's a good chance they haven't met each other but it's also possible that they have oh i don't think they have the steadings are pretty far further apart than i thought and neither one of them would have really left their steading before this point shanghai is down just north of Mayin. And Sofu is close to Kyrian, so that's like a thousand miles or something. Yeah. Now there's there's a lively debate about whether or not she's flirting or whether or not she knows this is loyal. Yeah, I interpreted it as her pointedly not looking at him. It doesn't say that, but I thought that maybe she knew. But we, there's no way to confirm or deny. I think she doesn't know. I think it's just a coincidence. We have different headcanon about that one. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no way to confirm or deny no. that one. As they followed her, Perrin murmured, Sung wood my left foot. Those Aiel are searching for he who comes with the dawn. And Matt added dryly, They're looking for you, Rand. For me, that's crazy. What, what makes you think? And of course, the reason they think all these Aiel are looking for Rand is because of their encounter with Uriel? Urian. Urian. That's right. Obviously, how much he looks like an Aiel. They looked at you, Matt said with a grin, like you hadn't bathed in a month, and you had doused yourself with sheep dip besides. His grin faded. But they could be looking for you. We met another Aiel. Rand listened in growing amazement to their tale of the meeting in Kinslayer's Dagger. And since you're the only Aiel we know, he finished. Well, it could be you, yeah. (laughs) And Rand has a whole internal dialogue about that, where he's like... 
I'm not, but everybody says, but I'm not, but everybody says. <laughs> I kind of yeah. realized as I was reading that Rand is the only person that doesn't think he's Aiel at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one. Even Matt's like, yeah, I mean, we know you, we know where you're Aiel. Yeah. Like, and he's cool, man. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah fine. it's fine. <laughs> the Aiel who saw him knew he was Aiel just like first time seeing him. Gawain knew, Galad knew. Ingtar. Ingtar. I mean, Tons yeah, of people. He, he, he lists them all. And we've pointed it out every single time. Swan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe I don't belong to anyone, but the two rivers is the only home I know, Rand says. I didn't mean anything, Matt pr- protested. It's just, burn me. Ingtar says you are. Masima says you are. Yurian could have been your cousin. And if Rianne put on a dress and said she was your aunt, you'd believe it yourself. <laughs> and he, like, babbles on and Perrin just, like, looks at him and shakes his head. He already feels weird. Stop making him feel weirder. I noticed that a long train of Aiel girls over the next hour or two or whatever it is when they're hanging out in the room come to check on the humans, but they all kind of look at Loyal. Aiel or Ogier? Oh, I meant to say Ogier. Did okay. I say Aiel? you said Aiel, yeah. A dozen of them all told to ask if the humans were comfortable, if they needed anything. Each turned her attentions to Loyal just before she left. And I think that's why they're all actually coming in to check on them. They're not there to check on it's them. It's like they're word there is spreading. Well. Yeah. yeah. I'm just imagining like every 10 minutes an Ogier woman walks in like, do you need fresh towels or anything? Like, no, no, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you know the Columbo trick, right? No, what's that? Do you ever watch? Oh, uh, he would always ask a bunch of questions and interview witnesses. Yeah. And he'd be like, thanks. That's, that's all I needed. And he'd go to walk out. And as he was at the door, he'd turn around and he'd go, just one last question. And that was always <laughs> the reason he had come in in the first place. And so that's always, I imagine the the women coming in being like, Oh, let me introduce yeah, myself. Hmm. While I'm here, <laughs> since I just happened to be in the room. Hurin talks about the smell right after that of the steading and how Lord no. Rand, I don't think there's ever been any killing here. Not even any hurting except by accident. It smells good. Yeah. Anytime with his people, there's going to be hurting and just. Huron must not enjoy living in a city. <laughs> it must stink to high heaven. He says most places don't smell bad. Yeah. He's like, but this is like probably one of his first experiences of like clean, violence free air. I imagine that like some places in the wilderness smell pretty damn clean though. Probably. Like no, not much human activity at all. Yeah. Because I can't imagine like. When he says he smells violence, I don't imagine that includes animal hunting, animal violence. I don't think so. I think it's just human and trollic and it does, it's never on. mentioned. And then we get a bit of culture around women deciding who gets married. It really honestly just sounds like old timey human cultures, which still exist to us. It seems old timey, but you know. Well, it used to be in a lot of human cultures, it was the men getting together and deciding to basically trade wives. Yeah. And this seems to be like an opposite situation. I don't know. I can't really speak on other cultures, but basically, Loyal says that if a girl sees a boy that she's into, she talks to her mother and her mother talks to your mother and then they make the arrangements. And before you know Mm -hmm. it. And they're saying here that these visits often occur in groups. So... Loyal's probably not, you know, I don't think they think Loyal's there by himself to do one of those, like, group flirting visits. Yeah, probably not. I kind of imagine those more like school dances. Yeah. 
where like you bring a busload of children over and you're like, go dance, dance with the kids from the other school. And they all just look at each and, other yeah. awkwardly. <laughs> then you get a bunch of wallflowers and then they play some Madonna. And that one couple nobody likes is making out on the dance floor. <laughs> and then of course, Matt's like, that's ridiculous. We know we don't do it that way. And then Rand has the, this long train of thought where he's like, actually, I, I think we, yeah, think we, we kind of do, do it do. that way. Yeah. <laughs> Women's circle business is, uh, does whatever they want. He thinks about Rand frowned, remembering how Aguin had begun following him around when they were both little. Later, some girls would dance with him on feast days and some would not. Those who would were always Aguin's friends. He had never thought about it this way before. I just, that was my highlights from like three paragraphs, but yeah, this is just a nice little, it's sort of a, a bit of a pause chapter. It's like a little light. We get some culture from the Ogier. We get to see their location. We meet, we got some few characters, important knowledge drops yeah. from loyal about the breaking and the longing, um, um, but and this Ogier is relative, culture. It's a relatively low on politics and low on action. And super um, high on description. Like we also get, this is the first time we see a setting. And I think one of the only times we get like these long descriptions of just what it looks like. And yeah. I think it might be the only time we enter a, a populated setting. Is that right? That might be right. I can't think of any of the time when the characters, because we meet more Ogier, but they're all out of the setting. And we don't see the great stump or anything like that. So as far as I know, this is the only time we actually get into a setting. I think oh, a pop, a populated setting. Yeah. And one of the late books, isn't it when loyal speaks at the stump, we have a chapter from his perspective. He writes about his speech. So we see it's like, I think it's a prologue to a chapter or something like that where oh. he like, I remember a, it being really moving, but there's no description of the place. I even remember, and I read this so long ago, but the last couple of words of the, whatever it is, chapter or, perspective section like yeah. rj does is and then i began to speak mm-hmm. it's like so I you don't hear the speech that, but yeah it's sort of his thought process leading up to what he was going to say yeah it was good i think we do it the same re- way Rand muttered and when matt laughed he added do you remember your father ever doing anything your mother really didn't want him to matt opened his mouth with a grin then frowned thoughtfully and closed it I, that's such a great quote. Like, can you ever really? And, and like, I I think about that a lot when I think about like when I watch my parents together. I'm like, does my dad ever really do anything my mom doesn't want him to? Not really. At least isn't specifically forbidden to. Yeah. Yeah. Juin came down from the steps outside. If you please, will all of all of you come with me? The elders would see you. He did not look at Loyal, but Loyal still almost dropped the book. If the elders try to make you stay, Rand said, we'll say we need you to go with us. I'll bet it isn't about you at all, Matt said. I'll bet they are just going to say we can use the way gate. He shook himself, and his voice fell even lower. We really have to do it, don't we? It was not a question. Stay and get married, or travel the ways, Loyal grimaced ruefully. Life is very unsettling with Taverin for friends. I like how he makes those two things equivalent. <laughs> it's like, what would I rather do? <laughs> Stay and get married or face insanity, death, and potential horrific. Being ripped apart yeah. by Majin Shen. Although once once he finds out that Aerith is the uh, person his mother chooses, his attitude definitely changes. It definitely becomes like, well, that wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> I'm just not ready yet. 
And then once he realizes that Aerith is actually on his side and a supporter of his and not someone who just wants to keep him at home, he's like, oh. Into it. The confidence he gets for the stump speech comes from, I think, Aerith supporting him. Hmm. In his, instead of like shutting him down. She's like, no, he's, now that he's married, he's a man and he gets to talk and you will give him his time. Whereas mother's like trying to shut him down. I think one of the really interesting things that Jordan likes to do is have all these characters that are like afraid of or complaining about marriage find real advantages in being in a relationship. And, yeah. And, you know, well, I can see how it'd be a scary thing to go into, you know? Sure. But relationships are great. I mean, you can, a positive relationship where you're supporting each other and helping each other can make both of you better people. Sure. You know, since we're on a little bit of an emotional chapter, that is one of the things that I really love about this series is that, like, all of the characters, they're individuals, but the relationships are not just because they love the other person. It's because the other person makes them better. Male and female Mm -hmm. constantly struggling for balance. Sidene and Sidar constantly struggling for balance. And we see that, like, in the Age of Legends, the greatest works are men and women working together. The symbol of which is the yin and yang, which is a symbol for male and female harmony. Sure. And the chat room is pointing out that that is very heterocentric. <clears throat> What's that? You know, it's male and female couple. Oh, uh, well, like, I'm sure. Yeah, sort of a product of its time. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could point out more gay couples, but it's really like this sideline thing that people seem vaguely embarrassed mm-hmm. by. There's some stuff going on between, the, you know, it's mentioned, it exists. Yeah. But it's it's not the focus of the book. The book, the book really focuses on the relationship between men and women. for listening to the wheel of time spoilers podcast rate us in the apple podcast app or support us on patreon hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus